Hello, and welcome to Career-ish, a podcast that explores the idea of what it means to build a career while disproving that building one has to be intimidating, scary, or completely planned. My name is Richard Sylvester, and I want to thank you for joining me today for episode two of season two, which is the second part of my interview with Dr. Trisha Zelaya Leon, the new director at the CCPD. Part one of our interview was in episode one of season two, so if you haven't listened to part one, go ahead and listen to that episode first before jumping into this one. Now I'm going to keep this brief so we can get right back into the interview. So I just want to quickly mention that at the time of this recording, it is finals week. So on behalf of the CCPD, good luck on your finals and have a safe and relaxing spring break. Now after this short musical break, you'll hear the second half of my interview with Dr. Trisha Zelaya Leon. Be right back. So the next question I'd like to ask you is, um, what are some of the best resources that helped you along the way? Um, because you said previously that while you were a student, you never went to your career center. And I was a similar, like, it's ironic that I work for the career center now. Cause I'm like, to this day, I don't know my college that I graduated from has a career center. Um, but there were different resources that really helped me along the way. And a lot of them ended up being like really good friends or really good mentors. So I'm just curious, like, what were those resources for you? Uh, my, it's, Working in Res Life was that was my those are my people my supervisor fellow hall directors uh, assistant hall directors those are the people that I looked up to and they they were the ones that you know when I I, I had a, a resident who was struggling um, they were the people that I could go to and say like what do I how do I help this student and they would tr- you know tr- there was so much training Res Life is is the only field I feel like. <laughs> where you have to go through that training every single year, even though it's like pretty much the same information, but there are little nuances here or there about like mental health resources or just the resources that exist on campus and how to get students connected with them, the wellness center, all the things that um, I learned being an RA, I didn't, I might've known about them as a student, but I never engaged with them myself. And so um, I really, I looked up to those Para, those like paraprofessional folks within uh, Res Life as the the people to share that information, but also, um, I I actually did go to my career center maybe their website when I was an undergrad because I wanted to put on a program for my residents on resumes and I didn't invite them in because people had said our, the career center was bad for some reason. So I took their materials off the website and I did the presentation on, on, on resumes because that was kind of how I, I grew up. Like I thought, you know, this information is here. I read it and I can share it with other people. I didn't think that I would always need like an expert to come in and and disseminate this knowledge. And so it wasn't until I started getting more um, engrossed in res life that I was like, oh yeah, we are interdependent. We have to count on other people. There are people across this campus that care about us and that are experts in these things. And so you don't always have to take it upon yourself to do this stuff. You know, I was an only child 
first gen student, very independent, very much like I got to pull myself up by the bootstraps kind of thing. I don't need help because if you ask for help, that means you're weak. And that means that you don't know something. Uh, and so finally, I, I, I changed my tune when I started hearing about all these resources and the people that were like, let me come and talk to your students. Let connect me with your students. And, uh, you know, mental health concerns were on the rise. And so I, I started referring students left and right to places like the wellness center and to counseling and psychological services. And yet I had never been to a counselor myself. And so I actually, uh, my senior year, I spoke to a counselor for the first time and I was like, I feel like I've been a hypocrite this entire time. Like I've been telling all these students to go do this and I never, I never did it myself. And so, um, I, the thing now is like students, you have to take a look at all the things that are here for you. They really are here for you. It's not just because we want to get you in the door as a prospective student, like going and seeking out the career center is not just a, a nice to do. It's, it's a, such a necessity. And uh, especially for, for students that are so independent and brilliant and smart, it's, it's even better for them to go because it's like you, you find out all these new things that you, you just didn't know. And, uh, and it gives you a contact of, of, of people again, as a first gen student, I didn't understand what mentorship was. I never, no one told me seek out a mentor. And again, I saw that as if I'm seeking out a mentor, I'm asking for help and I don't need help. I am smart enough. I can do these things on my own. Uh, and so it wasn't even until grad school that I started talking to faculty members and, and asking them, like, how did you get the job that you got? How did you decide that you wanted to go and teach in a higher ed program? Like those, um, just taking the initiative to ask those kinds of questions was, was different and new for me. And it's intimidating to do that, to ask someone who's successful and looks like they just, you know, they've gotten into their jobs and they breezed in and they were always smart. But my goodness, you, if you talk to any person that's doing anything interesting, you will find that they have failed much more than we would ever see, you know, because what we see is, is that they are this amazing faculty member or they are this amazing CEO or whatever. But on that path, there have been times that they didn't feel like that was the right path for them or there were times they didn't get a paper um, actually accepted in a manuscript or they didn't get that one job and that actually led them to something that they just didn't even know was going to be even better for them. Uh, and so it's, it really was res life that taught me to ask for help and that it was okay to ask for help. And it actually needs to be normalized so much more. I agree. You know, I think it's only actually been, probably in hindsight in you know with the time and distance of getting older that I can reflect back and think about like oh yeah like there was a lot of mentorship that actually I had that took place but at the time I didn't consider them to be mentors it was like you were just like oh I had a group of friends that were all going to grad school that were kind of like yo you need to get your life together and for what you're saying you need to do you probably should go to grad school and I was like all right, sure. It seems like a good idea. Like, why not? You know, and only looking back is like, oh no, that was actually some really good mentorship that I just happened to stumble into. Mm -hmm. And it and it is stumbling into it and listening to people uh, when they give you that advice because there were there were some pieces of advice I didn't I didn't take uh, when I 
was asking my, a couple of different people in res life about like, should I go to into the masters for teaching or for Spanish, or should I do um, college student personnel? There were a handful that said, you know, you might benefit from going to a different grad school than where you went to undergrad. Um, and I didn't, I didn't listen to that because I loved my experience at OU. I had all my friends there. I knew the place. I'd just been there for four years. Why would I want to go and move somewhere else? Like that just didn't make a lot of sense to me. And, and to this day, I'm very happy that I stayed. It was, um, it's a wonderful place, but I actually give opposite advice to students. Now I say, go to as many different kinds of institutions as you can, because that gives you just new perspectives and nothing lasts forever. You know, like you can, um, it's only two years for a master's program typically. So if it's not the right location or the right fit, you're pretty much done. And then you can move somewhere else. Or if you go from master's to a, a PhD program, maybe trying a new institution gets that little bit of discomfort where you at least have another another set of eyes on something just to be able to bring that to your, your repertoire. I definitely agree. Um, so I guess the second bit of advice I would ask is that like, if there's a student that's listening to this and is struggling to maybe find their path or struggling to kind of figure out like what they should even do for their career, like what was the advice that you would give to them? I, for students who are struggling to figure out their career paths, I say, you are right. <laughs> and you are completely not alone. There are plenty of 40 year olds that still haven't figured out their career paths. And that's actually a sign that you're doing something right. I know it feels very, uh, very uncertain and scary and anxiety inducing, but ultimately we change, we grow. We, during your time as a college student, you should be engaging in lots of new experiences that make you a different version of who you were just the previous quarter or the previous year before. And, uh, and so your, your tastes change, your interests change, your skill sets change. And so you can't always just settle on one kind of career path because everything, as we're seeing, we're, we're living in times of uncertainty as it is and being able to be versatile and adaptable and, um, and to meet the needs of different kinds of companies or different kinds of people. That's what employers are seeking right now. They're not necessarily seeking people that only know one field or one specialty or one industry because every industry has been impacted by this pandemic and every industry has had to pivot or evolve. And if you don't evolve as a, a person, as an employee, you get left behind. And so uh, no matter what year you are, it's, it's okay to like recalibrate and think, you know, I thought I wanted to do this and maybe I do love this major and I want to stay in it. I'm not going to change the major, but there are so many different career paths that I can explore. Uh, and it's okay for me to do that. And I, I want somebody to sit down and talk with me. It could be my advisor. It could be a career coach. It can be a peer who would just be open to listening to me and helping me like think through this is plan a, this is plan B, this is plan G so that if one of those happens to not fit anymore, or you don't get into the top school that you wanted, it doesn't end up being this uh, cataclysmic moment where you're like, Oh my gosh, I only had this one plan. What do I do? I'm lost. 
we're never lost and we can always recalibrate and, and find somebody that's willing to sit down with you and, and work on pencil to put some ideas together so that at least you have an idea of where, what could one step be to get you into that next, that next piece. And it's the people, I mean, connecting with people, that is the beauty of being at K. We, we know people, we are, we are, we want to meet one-on-one with, with students. You aren't a number here. You aren't just someone that we want to have go through four years and then churn out a degree. We really believe in this experience and um, want to make this unique for you because every K student has a unique story to tell. And we just want to be able to let you tell it in the way that makes sense for you. And so you don't always have to do that alone. And in fact, it'll be much more impactful if you do it with the network of people that are are around you. So it's okay to be uncertain. Um, that's why all of us are here to help you find some sense, uh, to make some sense of all the uncertainty, because it will just trust me, <laughs> it will pan out to be okay. Yeah, I really liked what you said. And I think one of the things that I would agree with you and say that like with the vision of getting older and in hindsight, you know, it's less about getting it right and just be like, you know what, I'm just going to try this. And if I don't like it, like I'll just go do something else and it's fine. Like it might not be the smoothest transition, but I think more than anything, you kind of learn after a while, like eh, it'll be okay eventually. Like it might not immediately, but it'll, it'll work out eventually and it'll be fine. Yes. And I, you ever meet those people that have that like chill mindset? Who I, I feel like I just met somebody recently where they're, um, they had that, that just perspective on it's all going to be fine. It's all going to work out. And no matter how much life threw at them, that was their, uh, just kind of their mindset about it. And, and there, it may not be a science, you know, I don't know how much science there is about mindset that's out there, but it truly is like we all we can do is take what's thrown at us and work with it. Right. And so for some people, it's like, I need a job to pay the bills. Got it. We can there there is a plan that we can enact for that. And yet we want to get you into a career that also it pays the bills, but it also feeds your your interests and it feeds your passion and it feeds your values and it feeds all of these pieces of who you are. And that is possible. It's absolutely possible. But a career is made up of lots of jobs. And and so it does require being open-minded to trying the things that seem weird or don't necessarily seem to fit, but the pieces will fit together. So sometimes it is just kind of taking a step back and saying, you know what? it is going to be okay. It may not feel okay right now, but we can, we can work on this together. You, you just don't have to be alone in that. So I want to pivot um, a little bit and talk about, you know, your experience as a center director um, and some of the things that you hope to change about the culture here at K. So the first question I'd like to ask you is, you know, what are some of the things that you learned and you experienced at Rollins that you would like to see and bring to K here? Um, I, I fell in love with the liberal arts uh, philosophy at Rollins. I, growing up in big state 
institutions, I, I really just wasn't aware of, of what the liberal arts was and the value that it really does bring to the higher education landscape and just to um, the industry, any industry in general. And so what I saw there was that students were, as I, I, I think I mentioned earlier, they weren't, they were selling themselves short. I was like, man, this, the liberal arts ethos is steeped in um, really in strong communication and critical thinking and problem solving and the ability to work together and collaborate and, and work as a team toward a, a common goal and, uh, and be able to, and think about global fluency, intercultural fluency, all of those things are baked into a liberal arts curriculum. And I'm not knocking big state schools or any other kinds of institutions, but it's really clear what we do at a liberal arts college. And yet that's kind of intangible and, and students don't always know how to talk about that in a way where they could tell stories about it. Like, yeah, I would, I would say I'm good at problem solving. Give me an example of how you do that. And I know you do it because I know that faculty member has this project in their class. So you could easily talk about that. And so it was, um, it was something that Rollins and I was like, this is, this is so easy to fix. It's literally just like, put this in front of students and tell them like, okay, great. You chose to be at this really pretty college, but the icing on top of this cake is that these are skills that employers actually say that new college graduates are not great at. And yet you have them already built into your degree. We don't have to like go find a place for you to learn how to be a good leader. We don't have to go find a place for you to be a good oral and written communicator because you got to write all the time. You got to do group presentations. These are things that employers don't want to have to train people on. And so um, that just felt like a really, it felt very common sense to me and like an easy fix. And it's not an easy fix, but there, it is like an eye opening or like, you know, the light bulb goes off, um, oftentimes with, with students. And so I saw that a lot at Rollins and I, I worked with lots of different people to collaborate about how to make the light bulbs go off with students because it's different. It's different. Some students see it right away. Others need it to be a requirement within a class. Others need it to feel like it's part of a, a co-curricular experience that they're getting. And so I like that. I like that challenge of um, fusing things in in organic ways so that students can, they don't, uh, they can't avoid having these kinds of conversations about why this college? What, what about this experience has been so awesome for you? Because I know the college experience is truly transformational. And I think it's such a missed opportunity when a student graduates and doesn't see it that way, even if they had a bad experience because they didn't like one class or they don't like their major or whatever. There's, there's always something that we can pull from that and, and reframe a lot of that. Um, and so I, I loved that at Rollins because I could wear a lot of hats. I could be working in the career center, but I was working with faculty members. I could uh, be working with academic advisors in different ways. I could be working with athletics in different ways. I could be working with student affairs colleagues in different ways to figure out how, what is the way to do this in your field or in your organization or in this class. That to me is a challenge that um, is different in every single sphere. There's not one prescription for each one and um, how easy it would be <laughs> if that were the case, but it would, 
render me useless in, in terms of a job. So I, I loved that at Rollins and I could see that, that cultural shift, even in just four years, like four years feels like a long time, maybe uh, when you're in college, but for higher education, four years is really a drop in the time bucket to see a cultural shift. Um, and so, you know, the opportunity to do that here at K is really exciting because what I didn't have at Rollins that I do have here is the excitement to make that cultural shift. I have people reaching out to me saying, how do we, how do I infuse career preparation into X, Y, or Z? Whereas at Rollins, I had to be the one to come in and sell somebody on why they should want to infuse career prep into the things that they were doing. And by no fault of their own, it's not always the the natural thing to be thinking about. If you're, you know, all you do all day is this, why would you want to add more to it? We don't always want to add more work. Um, but here at K, there is a real commitment and a real uh, interest and curiosity to find innovative ways to do that so that our students can actually easily see all the cool things that they're doing and the benefit and value of what they're getting here. Um, and so I, I really, you know, I just can't wait for it's, it's only begun. And so I'm really excited for even just the near future. Are there any new initiatives or any new platforms that you'd like to let students know about? Yeah. One of the, uh, a new platform that we've just brought on is called, uh, it's a website called what can I do with a major in and it is a one of the my favorite resources. It seems like such a simplistic resource, but it is uh, basically a collection of all different kinds of majors, not just majors that are here at K, but majors that are all over. And the site is housed by the University of Tennessee. So it's not just UT um, majors, but every every major you could possibly think of. And you go to this site and you can click on an individual major. And not only can you see potential industries or fields or, or jobs that may be uh, associated with those majors, but at the very bottom of the page, it will give you some links to like professional associations and job boards and just um, interesting other resources to peruse about how you might uh, fall into this major or why this major might be interesting or, or different places where you could learn more and network and connect with other people who know more about this major or had these kinds of majors. Ultimately, we know the liberal arts experience means that you can make any major marketable. You can do a whole host of things with any major, but it is nice to see that there are resources out there that are linked to certain majors. And so if you are curious about which one fits with my passions and my interests, but I am worried about what's the job outlook for this, or what do people with this major do in the future? Uh, this, it just gives you one extra bit of, of, um, a peace of mind to know that yes, you can get a job with an English degree that isn't just teaching English or just being an English professor. There are plenty of other pathways. Uh, and how do you like think, is it here at K we got people double major, double minor, a concentration in this. So it also lets you do a little bit of that investigation to talk about the interweaving of why would you be a Spanish major and sexuality studies major? What what are the, the cool uh, kind of, Inter intricacies that you can find to intersect those two and, and make yourself marketable. So it's, it's just a, a small resource, but it is one that um, I think 
I want students to feel like they are in control of their own exploration, exploration, their own career journeys. Uh, and there are plenty of things that you can do on your own and then bring that knowledge to an advisor, to a career coach, to a mentor to talk it through. Uh, and so it just, it gives you one more kind of tool in the toolkit there. Um, new, new initiatives are, um, they're things so that's one resource that I would say is like an easy go there, do that. But ultimately, I think it really needs to be the career center should feel new. And for a lot of students who haven't engaged with the career center, um, this is this is the time. This is why I I want everybody to come to us. I don't want you to avoid us because my goodness, my team, I am so, so lucky to have this team that I have. And, uh, and so for, it's unfortunate that a lot of students have never engaged with the career center and don't know my team because I, I know looking back on my time in college, not going to the career center, what a missed opportunity that was. I'm positive that those, those professionals that were over there were amazing. And I wish I could have met them because I'm really lucky to be able to engage with this team every day who I know cares deeply about students, deeply about the student experience, deeply about sitting down and connecting those dots, helping you connect those dots to have that guide on the side. And they have all this knowledge about employers in this area and uh, how to tailor your job, your your um, your resume to each experience and what case students specifically have to offer compared to other other kinds of um, of graduates. And that is knowledge that you can't find just anywhere. And so this this center is a real crown in um, or a real jewel in the K crown that yeah, we have some resources that I would recommend, but ultimately it's the people. It's the people that do this work and do it well. And, um, you know, every student owes, owes it to themselves to to come in and engage with us. Um, thank you, Trisha, for coming on to my show for a great conversation. Thank you so much, Richard. It was great. And welcome back. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Trisha just as much as I did. And I hope you are as excited for some of the new things coming from the CCPD as we are in our office. But that's enough for today, and it's time for me to get out of here. Now before we wrap up this episode, I want to ask you for two quick favors. First, if you're listening to this right now, would you please share it with your friends? This podcast was produced with current case students in mind. We realize that we are going to have a lot of listeners that aren't current case students, And while we appreciate each and every listener, we want to make sure that our current students think that this podcast is useful to them. So please share it and let them know about it. Second, would you please rate us, review us, and give us five stars on iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Giving us five stars helps us get visibility and make sure that we get into the ears of the people who need to hear us the most. Career-ish was produced by the Center for Career and Professional Development at Kalamazoo College. The intro music is a song called Never Forget by Raj featuring Christopher Sims. The outro music is a song called Friendshippers by Dave Fox. 
information on where you can find all the music included in this show, including the bumper music, and the links to our socials can be found in the show notes of this episode. I want to thank Trisha for coming on Career-ish and for a great conversation. I want to thank my colleagues in the CCPD for helping to produce this show. Lastly, I want to thank you for listening to this episode. Your time is valuable, and it means a lot that you would spend yours here with me. Until next time, thank you for listening, stay safe, and see you next time. Take it easy.